Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Elena Aborto. On this episode, my friend Janice Sigmiller returns as my guest. Janice works for the Utah State Board of Education. She has three children. She's basically a mother to me. The two of us are currently single, and although we practice abstinence, together we talk about the beauty of sexual intimacy. We wanted to encourage others to talk about sex in a positive way, since even single people need to embrace their sexuality. I hope you enjoy the episode and that it gives you something to think about and that you will have these kinds of healthy conversations about sex with your family members and friends. So I guess I just wanted to start out by saying why I wanted to talk about this topic. So okay. do you mind if I share my story and then you can tell me yours maybe? That sounds great. Okay. So for me, I've just noticed that some other people, I'm 27, by the way, other people that are around my age, they struggle with sexual urges and kind of understanding them. And they are usually afraid of them even. And I just feel like we need to talk about sex more positively because in the church's culture, sometimes we focus on sex in a really negative way. That's not the way Heavenly Father wants us to think about sex. Um, so for me, my story is that my parents didn't teach me about sex when I was a child. And I don't blame them for that because I know that they didn't know how to. Their parents didn't teach them. And I know that other parents struggle in that same boat and so because they didn't teach me I learned by accidentally listening to an inappropriate song and that's what I learned what wow. sex was and that's just like not the way I should have learned about it right yeah and so growing up I was always really ashamed and really afraid of just even hearing the word sex like it just yeah it was just wrong awkward yeah really awkward and so it wasn't until I was an adult that I like started going to institute and I was taught that sex is actually really beautiful and really awesome and it's something that we should all desire and it's okay to, to be curious about it and all these things. So yeah, that's my story. What I think is interesting is that when I hear your story, First of all, I have to say, you say, I'm 27, right? That's yes. how old you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm twice your age, Yes. right? But I've had those same feelings. Mm -hmm. And I experience those same urges, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that it is important that we talk about it so that we go, oh, you do? Because sometimes I remember as a child and finding out about sex from a friend of mine when I was in probably second grade, right? Mm -hmm. And she's telling me what sex is about and how, what my parents do. And I'm like, no, they don't, <laughs> you know? And right. so to know that, that adults and children, mm -hmm. we have those feelings mm -hmm. and that those feelings aren't feelings that we need to hide and be ashamed of, mm -hmm. that we need to be thankful that that's a gift Yes. Right? It's a gift that God says, if I could give you the most precious gift, I would give you the feelings of being able to be intimately involved mm -hmm. with someone. Definitely. So. Yes. 
I don't know what you want to know about my story, but (laughs) (laughs) if you you could all see her right now, her face is red. She's like, no, I don't want to hear your story, Janice. Please don't share it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please, please share your story with me. I would love it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) your kids aren't going to listen to this. (laughs) I know. We did talk about that before that, I, it, you know, did I talk to my own children <laughs> about this? And actually, to be honest with you, I, tr- I, I tried to do a little bit better mm-hmm. as a mom yeah. than probably what I felt like my parents did. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the main reasons why is because for me, um, those sexual desires as a young child, they say it's very common for children to be um, wanting to know about their body, mm-hmm. right? And 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 they'll touch their body and they'll 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 feel their body and and sometimes that could lead to to masturbation or self stimulation. Mm-hmm. And to have experienced that as a child, mm-hmm. right? Myself feeling so ashamed of it Mm -hmm. and not know that I could talk to somebody about it Mm -hmm. and to know that that actually is a beautiful gift that God's given us to be able to feel those feelings. Instead, it was just like, I must be the biggest horrible sinner Mm -hmm. in the world. And I didn't even know what it was that I was doing wrong, but it felt really really bad Mm -hmm. right yes and so I wished at my young age maybe five or six right Mm -hmm. when the those curiosities came about right that I had somebody say to me do you know what that is a normal feeling Mm -hmm. or that's a feeling that happens to our bodies mm-hmm. on purpose. Yes. Right? For sure. So. Yeah, I love that you called it a gift because I think since we know that we are literally children of heavenly parents, we can infer that our heavenly parents are sexual beings too. Mm-hmm. And we are sexual beings for a reason. And that starts, like that drive starts pretty much the first time you ever like have a crush on somebody when you're six years old, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it just still, it starts when you're young and it keeps growing um, as you grow older. I love the way one of my teachers, Brother Agate, explained it where it's like, yeah, when you're 12, the sex drive kind of looks like, oh, I want to pass the sacrament to that cute girl over there. And that's as far as it goes, but like then it grows. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to say that it's just like normal to feel that way and it's really healthy to have those sexual urges. I have a question for yes. you. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. If if you were to ask some of your friends, what is the law of chastity? Mm-hmm. What do you think they would say? I think they would say it just means like what they would focus on what you can't do. The fact that you can't have sex before you get married probably be uncomfortable yeah right be like it means that we're not supposed to have sexual relations before marriage Mm -hmm. right you're right it focuses a lot on the the negative side Mm -hmm. of it right but um i think that that's maybe what my hope is is that 
we can provide a, a conversation piece mm-hmm. that maybe some somebody could bring up with a trusted adult that said, hey, you know, I'd like to talk about the law of chastity. I used to think it was this really negative thing where it's like the law of chastity is that you don't have sexual relations before marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something positive about the law of chastity. Mm-hmm. And that might open up that conversation for someone with a trusted friend or adult mm-hmm. where they can maybe get a positive view Yes. Of that. Yeah, I love the way that it's described in Alma where it says we're supposed to bridle our passions that we may be filled with love, meaning that Heavenly Father wants us to be like madly in love with someone, which is why he wants us to keep the law of chastity. That's a really positive way of looking at it. I can tell you what Elder Bednar said. Yeah. Um, Elder Bednar says that intimate relations are not merely a curiosity to be explored, an appetite to be satisfied, or a type of recreation or entertainment to be pursued selfishly. They are not a conquest to be achieved or simply an act to be performed. Mm -hmm. Rather, they are, in mortality, one of the ultimate expressions of our divine nature and potential and a way of strengthening emotional and spiritual bonds between a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. That to me is so beautiful when you think about how marriage can be tough, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we just think, oh, sweet, that's going to be so fun. And then I get married and then then we're going to just be able to be so sexual and intimate. And Mm -hmm. oh, he's so excited. And then sometimes a tough thing might happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man. And I believe that those sexual relations strengthen you and bring you together as one yes. so that you are committed to work through tough times, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because you've had something so special together that mm-hmm. you're just like, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It strengthens you. For sure. I really love the way that Elder Holland described it in his talk of saints, souls, and sacrament, where he says, no power is given by God so universally, and you will never be more like God at any other time in this life than when you are expressing that particular power of procreation. Wow. So... I'm just like, that's really beautiful. Like, why don't we talk about it more positively then? Right? Mm -hmm. And to think it, I love to think of this, that my whole purpose here in life is that I'm learning to become like like God, God, right? Mm -hmm. And yet God has given us something to actually really be the most sacred thing mm-hmm. that the intimate thing that we can do to be like God mm-hmm. he's given us that chance to to experience that here yes. in mortality mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting thought what advice would you give to someone who's like learning to live with those sexual urges while being single i think one of the first things that i would say is 
learning how to be mindful mm-hmm. and recognize and define it, mm-hmm. what it is that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that we can get into um, a very emotional state mm-hmm. and someone that's really high on emotion sometimes isn't in their wise mind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm high on this emotion of arousal, mm-hmm. then I might not be thinking clearly and making choices that are are wise, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can bring in that rational side to my mind and say, wow, I'm feeling this arousal right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling like I want to um, explore that. Mm-hmm. That's where if we can define it maybe when it's happening, that will bring us back into this wise mind where we can make a choice instead of just going, oh, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden we're so high in emotion Mm -hmm. that sometimes, have you ever thought that sometimes I'm so emotional that I don't think straight? Yeah. I've said that before. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so emotional. I just can't even think straight. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't want to get like that when it's something that's so sacred to me. Yes. I want to be able to acknowledge that the feeling that I have is real Mm -hmm. and I want to bring my self back into a wise mind instead of feeling the shame about it Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't be feeling that you shouldn't be feeling that Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh my gosh I shouldn't be feeling that right right that's not that's not what it is it's wow I'm feeling that oh I need to be very wise about that Mm -hmm. because that's something that's special Mm -hmm. what am I gonna do in order to make sure that I take care of this wisely mm-hmm. right yes I love that that was perfectly said thanks because I mean that's kind of how it is for me like if I literally just acknowledge that what I'm feeling is normal and healthy then that helps me to not be afraid of it so yeah. I also think that the Holy Ghost has the ability to purify our natural passions And so if we, like, are close to the Holy Ghost, then our passions won't be coming from a place of lust. I think that that one of the way, one of the things that is really important to remember Mm -hmm. is that the feelings that we feel often are most beautiful when we're trying to help somebody else feel aroused. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I take it off of myself and the selfish part of me, Mm -hmm. right, in an intimate relationship, I'm wanting to make sure that my companion, my spouse, Mm -hmm. right, is feeling aroused. Mm -hmm. Because that's the joy, is the gift is that we're giving each other Mm -hmm. that beautiful and, and really strong physical response mm-hmm. to to loving each other yes and so we have to make sure that it's not lustful mm-hmm. it's a gift that I'm also wanting to share with someone and help them feel the most yes. that they can feel in in that sexual intimate moment mm-hmm. right right and that's why I think it's it's hard to understand as a single adult is because when we're feeling it, we're feeling it ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're thinking about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a relationship and you're, you're married, then hopefully you start saying, are you feeling this? Mm -hmm. What can I do to help you feel that? Mm -hmm. And then your spouse is saying, what can I help you to feel that the arousal and, and to achieve the orgasm. That's the most Mm -hmm. beautiful part of a sexual relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you're, you're helping each other Mm -hmm. to, to reach a beautiful part of it. Right. Physically. Yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I think for me as a single person, um, I really try to go into dating with that mentality of making the other person happy and it's not just about me. Mm-hmm. And that's also why personally for me, I am like so careful about kissing, like maybe even a little too careful, <laughs> but just like, I just can't, even though I do have the desire to kiss cause I'm a human, I just can't bring myself to do it unless I really love the guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just that same thing. It's like, it's me showing an expression of love and it's not about me receiving anything. So that's what helps me. Okay, I'm laughing so hard inside <laughs> because the last time that we did this podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, everyone, I have to tell you, I honestly said this and I can't believe it, mm-hmm. but I said, um, if I could tell young women around the world what they could do differently mm-hmm. i i said they should kiss more often mm-hmm. and then a few months later i get this text no. in the evening and it's from elena and she's <laughs> like could you remind me why you said that we should kiss more often and i was like oh no did i say that oh no so but you said that after the podcast, so I didn't actually put it in. I yeah, know, yeah. but but oh, but anyway, I guess the reason why I felt that mm-hmm. is because I feel it's important for us to know that it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. to feel like I want to kiss somebody that I'm developing a relationship with. Mm-hmm. It is something that I would say that we need to bridle. Mm-hmm. if it's something to fulfill a lustful desire within me yes right if I'm like ooh, sweet there's that guy there he's so hot I want to make out with him because that feels good right yeah but when you're in a loving relationship that's a way to show that I love you mm-hmm. yes actually okay so I think for me Maybe some of the problems that single people experience, like pornography or even just being afraid of urges or whatever, I think that that comes from their desire to be loved. Because, I mean, yeah, obviously we all need connections and we want that. Um, And it's interesting because I was talking to um, some married friends of mine recently and he was telling me that, like, he's from California and he was noticing that, like, he feels like pornography is a bigger problem here in Utah where there's members of the church because he feels like, especially with the men, sometimes they don't really have game. And so they don't really know how to connect with women in a way that's really meaningful and intimate. And that's why they turn to something like pornography because it's like, 
that I mean yeah they're feeling something but like it's not really a true connection to another person and I thought that was really interesting um, and so I think maybe another piece of advice that I would give to single people is that you really need to just learn how to sharpen your your social skills and like connect with others whether it be friendships or dating and like really connect to them in a way where you can trust each other before getting physical you know what I mean yeah yeah. There's a there's a model that's called the um, relationship attachment model, mm-hmm. I think. And the, we'll put the link yes. of, of that resource in there. But that's really important because it, it starts out with um, just knowing someone, mm-hmm. right? And then there's like these different stages. And then finally it talks about like the, the physical um, intimate kind of touching mm-hmm. someone. And I love that because it's like kind of like what you're saying is that if I don't know somebody, it would be kind of weird if I went up and started wanting to kiss and make out with them, yes. right? Because it would be like, oh, well, that's <laughs> weird, right? But if we do go from not knowing someone to wanting to kiss or to fulfill our sexual desires, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, is that then a selfish kind of a is if I have to skip all that time to develop a relationship mm-hmm. then I have to go wait a minute huh I'm wanting to skip it because I'm wanting to fulfill my need mm-hmm. and there's it's okay to want to fulfill your need but are we doing it in a healthy way right like yeah. I think that that's why sometimes pornography seems safe right is because you don't have to first get to know somebody mm-hmm. and then you don't have to trust them mm-hmm. and then rely on them yes. and then commit to them. Mm-hmm. And all those things are very vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, it'd be a lot easier just to skip to the very end. Yes. But I mean, it's like when you just look at pornography, it's like you're skipping to the climax of the yeah. story or whatever, and it's too soon. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, you need to really know someone first. And and then it's like even more beautiful to experience that with them, like because it's like a, the ultimate expression of love to have relations. Yeah. So There's a lot of shame with like, I don't know when we were talking about when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in my young women's class mm-hmm. and that they brought in this beautiful cake, right? Yeah. And so my friends and I are all sitting there and then, then all of a sudden I can remember the bishop like grabbing the cake and like smushing it up. Mm-hmm. And I swear he took like um, oil. oil from a car, right? Mm-hmm. And he like poured it on it. And then he's asking us how many of us want to eat this cake. (laughs) And I honestly don't remember any of the lesson except for just this visual of the cake just got totally demolished. Mm -hmm. And now it has car oil all over it. Right. And I'm like, ew. (laughs) And that's how I had this negative kind of view of of sexual intimacy Mm -hmm. and so then when I was married and engaged in the sexual intimate 
thing. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get out of my mind that it's this cake that just got smashed and oil poured mm-hmm. on it, right? Right. And it's like, is this, am I doing this? Is this right? Because it used to be a cake. <laughs> it was like tarnished. And, you know? Yeah, it's at a point of no return. Right? Oh my gosh. So I think that that's why we have to be really careful mm-hmm. is, is that if we have those visuals that we're sending mm-hmm. to youth that it's gum that's chewed and that it's spit out and then somebody else chews it and you know what right. I mean? Yeah. I'm like, then when you're sharing that with someone that you really love, are you feeling like you're the chewed piece of gum? Mm-hmm. And that's not what it's supposed to be no. like at all. Yeah, especially since we believe that Jesus can, you know, cleanse us of our sins. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that just reminds me, because yeah, you and I read some articles in preparation for this, and I'll put them in the show notes, but... Yeah, one of them says that when you're teaching about sex, you shouldn't use analogies like that. Literally, just make it really clear. Just just say sex. Like, don't make some kind of yeah. weird analogy. And I also think it's interesting because my, my nephews are pretty young right now. And my brother and his wife have done a pretty good job of teaching them the specific like body parts instead of cute coming up with a cutesy name um they literally just will say the body parts names Mm -hmm. and i think it's better that way because that way you have a more respect and a better understanding of what they are like so yeah i think it's really important to do that too to just be straightforward okay i'm gonna share with you a story that really happened the other day (laughs) so um sometimes i visit schools Mm -hmm. and the other day when I was visiting, it was maturation for fifth grade. Oh, yay. Okay? <laughs> and so we kind of, you know, we chuckle a little bit because we all as adults remember when yes. we went to our maturation mm-hmm. um, class and awkward and whatever. <laughs> and that's because nobody had really talked to us about it before. Right. And then suddenly this person that we have no idea who they are is telling us the proper names to to these sexual organs right Mm -hmm. so this is the funny part though is that then I'm in a meeting later I didn't go to the maturation I skipped Mm -hmm. it then then the principal comes in and she gets on her walkie-talkie a call it's like uh principal you're gonna need to go out to the to recess on the playground there's some fifth graders that need to talk with you Mm -hmm. and so she was like oh no and then they say um they're using the word penis and vagina. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my, what am I going to do? And here's what I thought that that I loved about it, though, is that I was able to help that principal know that it's okay to use those words, mm-hmm. but the setting wasn't appropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, because she was like, oh my, what am I going to do? How mm-hmm. do I, you know? And what, you're going to like tell people that it's okay to use the correct terminology mm-hmm. for our sexual organs and then now you're going to slap their hands and say, but you can't use their correct terminology. <laughs> right. And so then it was like, no, we need to teach them. I'm so glad that you feel comfortable using that. Mm-hmm. There's a place yes. that's that's appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. And on the playground probably 
it's not appropriate mm-hmm. to be joking about it because it's not a joke. Right. Right? Yeah. But it helps to have parents be able to share that. It's true. Right? Than yeah. your teacher or your principal. Exactly. So I would just encourage parents. To, <laughs> parents. For sure. I so wish that, like, I could have talked about this when I was younger because, yeah, like I said, I think I it was the world that taught me about it. And so I would just watch, like, TV shows that – would would talk about sex very inappropriately obviously and something else I would say to single people then is to just be careful about what you watch and I know it's really hard because all the popular shows and movies like are very sexually explicit and I still am not perfect in that regard either but as I've grown older I've learned to just let go of those worldly things and I've been so much happier after letting things like that go so Mm. I think it's just so important to have a really have positive conversations about it instead of listening to filthy jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you bring up that about shows Mm -hmm. and stuff. Cause I was like always thinking, you know, rated R shows usually have an age Mm -hmm. that like suddenly at a certain age you can be, and you can enter into a a show like that. Right. Right. And so then I was thinking, Oh, so then after I've been married and, and understand more about sexual intimacy because mm-hmm. I've had that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, had sex a lot. Then then I should be able to go to see those shows, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, guess what? I found out that it's even more critical that I make sure that I'm not engaging in those because it takes away that really beautiful moment Mm -hmm. when you see it kind of on a billboard it's not as sacred and 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 so I used to think oh well then after I had sex then it's okay to watch that Mm -hmm. because I'll know what it is but that's not the reason why Mm -hmm. we're saying don't watch that right and I never got that Mm -hmm. until kind of I was older and I was like oh you know what I kind of understand I don't want to watch those things because it makes something that's very sacred and special, mm-hmm. like, not. Definitely. So. Yeah. I just think it's so important to to invite the spirit into your home, whether you're single or married. Like, you just have to cultivate that intimacy in the appropriate way of whatever your situation is. I'm wondering if I talk about my experience of having sexual relations before marriage Mm -hmm. and how that kind of influenced my life. And because they often say like, obey the law of chastity, right? Mm -hmm. And that means don't have sex before you're married. That's what we always think, right? Mm -hmm. But I did engage in sexual relations before marriage, Mm -hmm. right? And so then what? Mm -hmm. And why are we told not to? And, but now I know why Mm -hmm. I would tell someone, here's why we say, save that for marriage. Mm -hmm. Because when I then get married after I've had sexual relations before marriage, right? I don't have that trust with that person. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did they just like me just because we had sex Mm -hmm. or or I just didn't have that trust it Mm -hmm. was so interesting Mm -hmm. because after I'm married 
it was like there was this insecurity and there was this um, doubt Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? And I thought, what if two people could say to each other, I love you so much that when I start feeling like I want to just rip off your clothes or something, right? Mm -hmm. That I need to say, I'm going to leave, right? Because I love you that much. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to know I'm willing to bridle these passions Mm -hmm. because I love you that much, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And I just felt like afterwards, my the reason why we got married was, oh, well, I guess we had sex, so I guess we have to get married. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't sound like this beautiful story, right? right. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. we sh- should get married, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I just think marriage should be a beautiful time where you then be able to say, I love you. And I want to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to put forth the effort to do that. Yes. And and it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about us. Yes. And so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, I don't know. Like I said before, I think Heavenly Father wants us to be in love with that person. And so we have to do it in the right order in order for that to work. God's law of chastity is an eternal law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Laws are not negotiable. God's laws are not negotiable, mm-hmm. right? The law of gravity here on earth. I can't say, oh, I, it really is not fun that I drop my shoe and it falls. So I want to change that law of gravity, mm-hmm. we, right? Mm-hmm. Can't change it. Mm-hmm. God's laws are not negotiable. And this is in the... Um, article called the divine purposes of sexual intimacy Mm -hmm. Um, he allows us to disregard them but we are not free to create our own rules for the eternities any more than a person is free to create his or her own personalized laws of physics Mm -hmm. so remember that laws are laws and we can choose to to be obedient or to not be obedient. Mm-hmm. But still, the laws of physics or the law of gravity still has its consequence. Right. Right? And so I think that that's important to remember that, that God wants us to be qualified um, heirs in his kingdom. And in order to do, though, do that, to receive those blessings, we have to learn to be obedient to eternal laws. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Since you've already been on the podcast, I kind of want to tweak the last question a little bit. Um, Is it going to be easier? (laughs) No. Is it going to be a yes, no? (laughs) True, false? (laughs) Or multiple choice? A, B, C, D. No. And I mean, I guess we could even both answer it. But what does intimacy have to do with consecrating our life to Jesus Christ? Wow. Mm -hmm. To me, consecrating something is is making it sacred, mm-hmm. right? What if we said consecrating my life was making sure that I um, 
obeyed that law of chastity, that I learned about it and that I was able to um, know what it really meant Mm -hmm. so that I could consecrate my life to Jesus Christ by fulfilling that beautiful law mm-hmm. of chastity by by experiencing love and joy with with my companion and help me right mm-hmm. maybe that's what I think it is is I would make it sacred to talk about yes that and not I would want to take away the shame mm-hmm. and the negativity that sometimes has been associated with it mm-hmm. so definitely I think for me um I really do try to follow Christ's example when it comes to my relationships with others, be that like friendships or family members or dating or whatever. I just think living a consecrated life is really evident in how you treat other people Mm. and really desiring to have a connection with them and helping them instead of just being selfish and turning inward to my own desires. So I don't know. That's how I would answer that. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's beautiful. I guess I want people to remember too, as I was thinking about this is that it's okay to feel Mm -hmm. those feelings of sexual arousal. But if you want to help yourself to bridle those passions, then what you're going to want to do is make sure that you can be mindful and describe what it is that you're feeling in the moment Mm -hmm. so that you don't get caught up too much in an emotional mind. Yes. So that's where I would say it's define it when you're feeling it. Yes. And say, I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. And Right. I actually, something that I talked to my therapist about was that, yeah, because I mean, I talked to him because this really, this topic just really freaked me out and I was afraid of my own urges. And so I talked to him about it and he said, for example, like after he's had a really bad day, he goes and makes love to his wife and he suddenly feels better. And so (laughs) I think for me, I was like, that just made me realize, oh, like, no wonder sometimes people like that are around my age or I guess not even my age, but who are single sometimes will turn to s- their urges to deal with their emotions because they just don't know how. And But also it's like that actually, yeah, sure. If you're married, that's an okay way to deal with it. But like when you're single, you just have to learn to bridle that. Yeah. So I think too, you have to be careful too when, mm-hmm. when you're married, because remember too, that this law of chastity is something that's not really to fulfill my selfish desires. Right, right. It's something that could be raised to a higher mm-hmm. and holier way, right? Right. But sometimes we, af- after we're married, we're just like, oh, yeah, I had a bad day. I'm going to go have <laughs> sex with my wife. And it's like, yes, I can because I'm married, yes. right? And I mean, there should be more to it than that. Right. You should talk to <laughs> right. about it. Yeah. I'm sure we don't need to talk about what his story is, but... <laughs> But I agree with you, though, that we need to be aware of mm-hmm. what is the, I think, just be mindful yeah. and be able to say what it is that we're feeling and, and define it and, and mm-hmm. know that that's okay. I think that the point from this was mm-hmm. for us to hopefully allow people to say, oh, I can 
acknowledge that I'm having those desires. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be more purposeful mm-hmm. about where I'm putting myself situation wise mm-hmm. so that I'm not arousing those yes. in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that I can know that it's, it is a good thing. It is. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that is the awkward talk. <laughs> the sex talk. <laughs> it wasn't really that bad, but thank you all. Thank you for letting me join you. <laughs> I'm just having fun talking right now. I'm going to post links to all the references that we've made in this episode in the show notes so that you can go and read them yourself. I'm so grateful that Janice was willing to come talk to me about this, and I'm so grateful to you for listening. As always, if you have any ideas for topics or guests that you'd like to hear, send me a message on Instagram at ConsecratingPod, and we'll see you next time.